Welcome to another edition of the Southwest Climate Podcast. Mike. Sorry, that was a little, maybe too exuberant. Too exuberant, yeah. How you doing? I'm feeling kind of sad oh my <laughs> how's that for how's that for a start I, when i was walking over here i was like i wonder how mike's gonna open up and uh my bet was that you were gonna say something along those lines i get it but i miss the optimistic mike what do we have to look forward to now the monsoon's almost over yeah so everybody that regularly tunes into this would know why mike is in such a, a sour I'm mood i'm really surprised you're as upbeat this is your favorite time of the year yeah it is I'm, i have to balance you um okay. <laughs> It's probably bit. true. So thanks everybody for for tuning in. Uh, after that rant, we're <laughs> we're gonna try to make some sense out of this monsoon season, which, as Mike mentioned, is rapidly coming to a close in quite a depressing, distressed state. There were a few blips in there where things were looking up, but overall, it's it's been a pretty it's been a pretty bleak season, a non-soon as as, as they say, not just here. Uh, where we are at the at the mothership here in Tucson, but uh, climatology has failed me. Climatology has failed you. The, everything that I've constructed my world around the average is has not been helpful this year. Yeah, so let's do it. Let's let's give our our, our take on on the monsoon. Do a deep dive into the monsoon, and um, we'll save all of the other climate talk for for next month. Right. Monsoon, Mike. Give me your take. Uh, I'm not sure. You're not the best color man for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That's our podcast. That's no. our let's let me, wrap it up. We even me, had an emergency pod a couple of weeks ago to check in with, I think, a little glimmer of hope in our eyes that things were going to pick up over the last couple of weeks. And they, they really they yeah. have well, not Well, they fell much. off the cliff. But let me let me paint the picture here. I only need one color. Okay. Which color do you want? It's, gray? No. It, well, it doesn't, gray, it doesn't matter what darker color. Gray, it's just associated with- Dark, dark gray? <laughs> it's associated with low precipitation values. Right. right. So if you look at- Arizona and New Mexico, and you look at a percent of average map since June 15th, beginning of the monsoon, 90% of the map is covered in below average for the most part. For the most part. Okay. It is probably 90%. <laughs> I was actually looking for an upside there. I think you're, I think you're, I think you're right. Within that depressing big picture, mm-hmm. there has been relative differences. We just got to say that this we gotta, is- We got to mine out some- Yeah. This is a monsoon that, that's going to come in- very likely as it would take a miracle for uh, there to be more sort of near to above average than below average. I mean, mm-hmm. let's just, I think we can say that pretty convincingly. Yeah. The monsoon still has a month left. I mean, people call September 30th right. the end, but you know, for all intents and purposes, maybe it's a few weeks before that. Yeah. It's usually about September 15th for much of the places in Arizona. So we still have a month remaining, but this is the descending limb. Yep. We're past peak monsoon. I feel pretty comfortable saying that many places around the Southwest will not come close to average. Getting to the cumulative totals towards the end of the season, you start to get locked in to below average unless you start to get amazing totals towards the end. So just a little roundup. We'll, we'll first start in southern southeast Arizona. Tucson Airport, close to 50% of average, 2.2 inches. At this time, they usually are around... Uh, four inches. Douglas Airport, 60% of average. Nogales Airport, less than 50% of average. Sierra Vista, 66% of average. Oracle, 
Seventy percent of average. Are you eyeballing? On I'm, those I'm doing. I'm doing okay. eyeballing these percents. So don't quote me on <laughs> it's that. It's watching that. I think, those I think numbers that are actually in inches. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I think it works. So I'm pretty good at <laughs> okay, math. That's great. <laughs> Safford, uh, you know, fifty-five percent. Wilcox. I mean, I, we could go on and on. So Southeast Arizona, you you guys get the picture. We want to kind of break out to the the broader region too. So Flagstaff has had just a little over an inch towards end of uh, August right now. They're they're headed for their driest uh, monsoon on record if they don't get any more rain, which I think is unlikely. I'd expect they would get some more rain here, but if we locked it in, they're they would be driest on record since. Wait, so this is. 60%, 70% of average that I just rattled off in right. some places, Southeast Arizona, isn't that bad. But what you just said is Flagstaff is coming in and it's so far it's, it, it's, it's rolling in at the driest on record. So right now, Flagstaff from June 15th to August 22nd has had a little over an inch. And so for that period from uh, mid-June to Ooh. middle of August is the driest on record. There is a, there's a record from 1897 prior to the sort of establishment of the official record that was even drier, but it, I don't buy that record. Mm. Um, so I think that that maybe just is possibly bad data. So in the contemporary record, they're right now sitting at their driest summer through this point. Northern Arizona has, for all intents and purposes, not had a monsoon monsoon show up. If you look at Phoenix, Phoenix is at 0.27 inches mm. uh, total. They've had three events so far this monsoon season. So just totaling to over a quarter over three events is is pretty pretty miserable. And then uh, Albuquerque is at uh, 2.41 inches through the middle of August, and they're in better shape and just a slightly below average to that point in the year. I want to go back to Phoenix because it yeah. also looks, looking at these plots, it also looks like Phoenix at its current trajectory is also streaming toward a record dry. So you said 0.26. Yeah, you said three events. Those are really small events. <laughs> <laughs> they are very small um, events. Yeah. And they're usually at, on average, it's two and a half, a little over two and a half. So as of um, the 22nd, that would be the third driest from June 15th to August 22nd. So 1993 and 1991 were drier. 93 and 91. Okay. We have to go back quite a bit of time. Yeah, to start seeing sort of similar similar activity there. Given our examples of like Southeast Arizona and we're talking about Tucson. So what was the Tucson number? We're at 2.22 inches yep. through mid-August here. Mm-hmm. This is one of the patterns we're seeing across Arizona, more so in Southeast than we are in Northern Arizona, is that there have been pockets of precipitation in some of those heavier thunderstorms that really have clobbered some spots. So just looking at the rain log data across Tucson, it's not, you don't have to go that far away from the airport, the official reading, to start to get rain log observations that are an inch, an inch and a half, two to three inches higher than that. Mm-hmm. So there are places in Tucson that actually have had four and a half inches total for the monsoon season through yesterday. That's kind of interesting to look at it is that some of our long-term observing spots by and large, are below average, but we are getting some of those those localized convective cells. It's right. So we don't have, or at least I'm not looking at more records up in Flagstaff. Rain log is is nice here for Tucson. You can really see that sort of spatial differences. But up in Flagstaff, given that it's been so dry, I would expect there to be less spatial variability, just because there's only been a few. Rain events. It is interesting though, because and again, this is the real challenge of doing monsoon season well. Us sort of talking about it and monitoring it really well is 
over the handful of events that we've had since mid-July when things showed up through present, there have been a couple of repeat storms up near the Flagstaff area that have have brought something closer to like 75% of average relative to the record dry. So really it's bad luck that the airport didn't get hit by some of these storms. So some of the areas around there are not close to average. They're certainly below average, but actually have seen some precipitation. Coning in on Tucson and looking at, you know, hundreds of rain log points, it is true that some areas, particularly in the eastern, uh, sorry, the western area, Tucson Mountains area, has seen, uh, you know, four to five inches of rain, which would be above average. But then as you go up north into like Oro Valley, there's a lot of just one inches. Yeah, there's a lot less than the airport too. Yeah. Right? So- yeah, so maybe that's a way of sort of characterizing it is that we have, by and large, across the region, most areas are below average. It kind of goes back to your point here. And we're looking at sort of the broad summary maps is that 90% of the region is below average. And there are a handful of spots that are average, much, you know, many fewer, less than that 10%, and even fewer percent that are above average. Right. And, and New Mexico has been relatively better off. Yes. Uh, yep. I mean, there is more area that's closer to near average yeah. in New Mexico than there are in, in Arizona. Is that's there, right. Is there any circulation patterns that might have uh, set that up? Like maybe the position of the ridge was just more favorable for bringing in uh, moisture into New Mexico. Was it an early season thing? Was it a late season thing? What, what's your take? It was a bit of early season moisture. We have to go all the way back to June where we saw a little bit of that activity, especially in eastern New Mexico, come in right after sort of monsoon start date, June 15th. So very early. It was probably more kind of Great Plains storm activity. We get into later in June, we started to see much more activity in New Mexico, not super heavy, not washouts, but more frequent precipitation there. And even in the beginning of July, uh, July 7th, July 8th, New Mexico was actually getting regular afternoon thunderstorm, pretty widespread activity, and Arizona was kind of left out of it. We go through the rest of July, we see much more of that activity in sort of southern Arizona, some of it now into Arizona proper, New Mexico gets a little bit quiet. But if we look in the last couple of weeks, the activity has sort of shifted back into New Mexico. And even over the last couple of days, we've had this kind of strange, for this time of year, strange pattern where we're having kind of a trough of low pressure trying to push in from the north. And so then that gives us that transition pattern. And it was starting to funnel moisture up into New Mexico. Northwest Arizona was very dry, real hard edge of the moisture boundary. It was kind of draped across Tucson. And all that activity was up into New Mexico. Do we often see this? I, I don't know the answer to this question. It just came to me. But do we often see differences or uh, uh, synergy or, or or not between New Mexico and, and, and Arizona? So is, in other words, is a monsoon often okay in one area and mm. bad in the other? Do, do they yeah, flip like flop? canceling each other out. Yeah, or or when we have a, a decent monsoon, let's say last year, that both places equally get it. Is there at all sort of a flip-flop? The bigger, broader correlation across the continental U.S. is is if the Great Plains is wet, it's usually a signal that the Southwest is going to be dry and vice versa. Why would that be? Uh, I can't remember. It has to do with the broader circulation pattern and the broader position of the ridge, I believe. Mm -hmm. And I think we're seeing some of that this year. And it was even thought that there would be some of that would be sort of a precursor pattern to what we might expect in the monsoon, which is... If you look back and remember what it was like, I believe in the Great Plains in the in the 
spring it was really wet. Did I get that right? I have to. We should go back. To the yeah, map I think so. And take a look at yeah. that. Um, uh-huh. But I think there was some. There was some indication of yeah because of weakness, there was all the, 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 the flooding yeah. right there, right? And so this goes back to some some papers by Wayne Higgins who looked at sort of a dipole between the, the two of them. So in New Mexico, when we get into the monsoon season, we're really looking at the progression of the monsoon kind of moving up sort of north and to the northwest through the monsoon season. So I can think of many situations where it is fine for the entire region. Right. And and thinking about how the sort of broader broader ridge pattern and if the four corners high is in that position puts us in deep easterly flow. Right. So under the canonical or the ideal position of the of the ridge, let's mm-hmm. say it's you know over the the four corners area. Yeah. Both Arizona and New Mexico are under east, easterly flow, but there's also the circulation that seems perhaps more favorable for Arizona moisture from the the moisture to be brought up from Mexico into Arizona than it would for New Mexico. Is is that this is why we're going to struggle to make sense of this monsoon monsoon season with a single bit of attribution like it was this thing it was that the caused, ridge yeah and i know i mean that's part of it yeah. i think to get everything to work together having the ridge in the good ridge in a, a favorable position so being north of arizona or four corners high why, why we're sort of fixated on the four corners high that would lead to cooler mid-level temperatures those warmer mid-level temperatures would be north of us and we would be on the the cooler side of that ridge position we would also ideally have a deep Gulf surge, so moistening up the lower levels from the deserts uphill and into the the valleys and then up in the mountains in, in Arizona. And New Mexico has its own moisture source, which is coming out of, you know, outflows out of uh, Mexico and then even some, some Great Plains moisture in the eastern part of the state. Is the deep Gulf surge, so this is moisture streaming up from the Gulf of California, you know, up into the deserts? Southwest, is that a function of the position of? I mean, it is in, in one sense a function of the position of the ridge because if the ridge is south, you don't you have sort of blocking and you're not going to get the the moisture surge. But if it's there's other things that have to happen as well yeah. to get the to get that surge besides just the position of the ridge. Right. So they can be pretty disconnected because we've actually we had a deep Gulf surge in the last couple of days and in particular. Uh, yesterday and in today, and the the ridge is in a terrible spot. The they actually the high pressure system was directly overhead. You could even see it in the circulation pattern. So the Gulf surge activity, which is going to be triggered by the thunderstorm complexes coming off of Mexico, drifting over the mouth of the Gulf of California. We even had a, a tropical storm hurricane that was part of triggering that Gulf surge. Is that can cause that seep of moisture up into Arizona, but in that position on the north side of the ridge, you are dragging in dry air from the Pacific on the north side. And then having the high pressure overhead is going to lead to those really warm mid-level temperatures. And we've seen some really, really high mid-level temperatures, which won't help the lapse rates that we need to generate that convection. Yeah. So that's another important part because you need, yeah, you need those lapse, lapse rates. You need there to be a steep slope right. to help the sort of thermodynamics, to help the uh, atmospheric instability, so that when you basically have warm at at the surface and cooler at uh, yeah. in the upper upper levels, you're able to lift air 
higher and 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 more. You're leading to that convective instability that you need to do need, need to have to sort of generate the deep convection and the rapid rates of convection, the convective available potential energy, the cape that we talk about quite a bit. And what you'll often see too is with the high pressure systems overhead, you'll see s- smaller inversions at upper levels which will be they will slow the 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 rising of the thermals they'll have to run in they'll run into these um, mm. these inversions which will impact the thermals basically rising up. So you mentioned that we've had a number of instances in which uh, there's been warmer temperatures aloft, and that's in part related to the position of the ridge. It's almost all. I mean, so having the high so the the mid level high pressure system is a realization of basically temperature patterns, right? So that where that high pressure system is, is, is where that those, those highest temperatures are going to be associated with it. So again, thinking about ideally mm. having so the, it's over us, it's over us. Those are where the warmest temperatures are going to be. Right. I mean, and, and it's, you, and, it's, uh, it's fairly cleanly originated with that because that geopotential height is related to the temperature of the column underneath it. Right? But this, I think is, this is a good case point of just how hard sometimes it can be to to wring out moisture of, of the atmosphere. Because, yeah. So we've had this last couple of days. Evo that you mentioned, the hurricane, in part yep. helped push some some moisture up from through the Gulf surge. So we had moisture around, but then that's running in, that's combating with the position of the ridge, which is causing warmer up, up upper atmosphere, uh-huh. which is suppressing the the convective yeah, ability. So you've got these two things right. that are sort of battling battling each other out. Right. And of course, when you have days or periods where they're both aligned, which we have been few and far between this yeah, year. Yeah. It's not like we haven't had moisture around. That's that's been the interesting thing. We're looking at sort of the two the Tucson dew point trace. We had we were right on track as far as the uptick in dew points in late June, right into early July, which is when which is when I was holding on dearly to a climo start. We had this absolute cratering of dew points to almost sort of record lows in Tucson. Right past the fourth, first, yeah, yeah, right around the, the first week, and then that you know that was basically the westerlies, the kind of a, a, a kind of a late spring kind of pattern, cold front pattern, sort of sweeping through and scouring out all that moisture, and causing all that moisture to retreat back into Mexico, and then we had to do the rebuilding, and we you know we're doing the rebuilding through the middle of July, and it wasn't until third week of July that we actually had enough to hang out that we were generating the conditions for the convection. And since then, we've really hung out near average, you know, up and down around that, but haven't had the precip on top of it. So, yeah, I think that you can have this, you do, it can end up having this battle of having all that low-level moisture and just not having the other favorable conditions for rain down in the valleys. That's not to say that it hasn't been raining in some of the mountain regions. Um, and it would rain. Okay, so there's another- generate the convection, you know, in, in those higher elevation areas. And then there's like the third ingredient that we always talk about is like the wind profile. And you kind of need winds to go in different directions as you go up. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and you need them to be strong. Yeah, ideally, we don't end up- So this is the interesting thing about the monsoon season is that since- all the convection is happening underneath a ridge of high pressure. You don't end up having that much um, shear in the atmosphere. You know, it's it's all happening underneath very low flow, low dynamic conditions in the sense of winds changing with height or winds or winds changing speed with height, direction or speed. 
So, so you don't have a lot. Of, you don't typically have a lot of that. And so when high pressure is right overhead, you're in a stagnant environment. part of the environment. So thinking again, what, what would be better? What would we more look for? Ridge building north, four corners high being to the north of us would put us in sort of a cooler mid-level air is potentially stronger easterly flow on the south side of that high pressure system to the north of us. That would be better. We haven't had that very often, only a handful of times this whole season. What we've been dealing with instead is the ridge has been knocked to the east, to mm-hmm. the southeast, and to the south repeatedly throughout the season. And it's interesting because if you look at the the anomaly maps where we're looking at sort of difference of the geopotential heights from average, they don't look that different. So it's there's not a real good clear signal that it's just totally out of whack this year. It's further south. The The biggest anomalies in geopotential heights are actually over Mexico, which may be part of the reason that Mexico has had such a crummy monsoon season. Well, and I think that's an important point to to mention. We hit upon this last time too, but this isn't just a a fringe monsoon. Like we're on the the fringes of the monsoon here, so we're under historically more variability. But you can have a really good Sonoran monsoon going, and we can still have bad summer monsoon season. Right. But that hasn't happened this year. It's actually struggled down in uh, Mexico as well. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't remember... That being a narrative, no. Well, one thing that we have to talk about is it's been a while. We can get to this. It's mm-hmm. been a while, at least for parts of a large part of the uh, the monsoon region, where we've had a monsoon quite like this. Yeah, like you have to go back two thousand nine, really. Well, we, we'll we'll talk about that. We in should a, we in should a talk about that because yeah, two thousand nine is actually actually was a terrible monsoon. It looks better. It looks better than, and seriously, it looks better than this one. Well, let's get to that after deconstructing a little bit of of of, of Mexico, because I don't remember Mexico struggling as much, Mexican monsoon struggling as much as it has this year. I don't, I don't either, and I, I mean, I don't, I don't have any good context for that climatologically. If if we look at the the Climate Prediction Center unified precip analysis, and we look at they have a sort of a ninety day anomaly plot, all of Mexico is below average from the May 25th through the August 22nd period. And if we back that up to the last 30 days, things look a little better on the coastal areas, which is, I think, a nod to some of the tropical activity or clusters of thunderstorms getting to the coast. But the inland Mexico areas, you know, all the way from southern to northern Mexico are below average, right? So it's not that much of a surprise if we're the northern fringe of the monsoon season. If it's not showing up in earnest there, there's not real great mechanisms for us to get it and to not have right, them. and one of those common mechanisms that we often get are these outflows from these mesoscale convective systems. So these big thunderstorm systems that create their own weather, basically. Yeah, they're pushing air and moisture north, and they're also creating those dynamics. They're creating lift. They're they're helping overcome the. They're they're creating that instability that 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 that's needed more or less. And when you have a core region that is struggling, you're going to have fewer of those. Yeah. We, we have had our fair share of MCSs, as, as they call. I, I don't know if we, they've been lower than average or less than yeah, average. Yeah, I know. In climatology, that would be really interesting. I don't know. I can't, I can't really yeah. think of it. I, and I could think about, I'm, I'm kind of envisioning looking at the climatological position of the um, subtropical high. It has wandered north, has wandered south. I, I feel like it's been sort of centered over northern Mexico Southern Arizona. And if you think about that flow pattern, a lot of those easterly waves are going to be pushed south if if they even are able to sort of traverse across at all. 
And then kind of following around that high, you can get some of those uh, MCSs or probably more appropriately, the mesoscale convective vortices, just the leftover vortices that are sort of trailing up through Arizona. From the From the leftover. Well, yeah, it could be easterly wave, could be leftover clusters of thunderstorms from the previous night. I don't, I don't know if it's been more or less. It yeah. certainly hasn't done a lot for Arizona. I mean, the, the stats on the precip really show that. And I, I think another interesting pattern about this monsoon season too is that the activity has really been confined to southeast Arizona. And if you look at the map of total precip, it looks like the early monsoon season stuck. It's like you should see that progression up through all of Arizona into northern Arizona along higher elevation up the Mogan Rim through July and into August. Instead, it looks like kind of early July just stuck. Like we never progressed past the precip pattern that we would we would see in uh, early July. Yeah. So let's talk. Let's put this a little bit in historical perspective because um, you and I are guilty of. Monsoon washing? Or what? Go- You're going to lump me in on that? <laughs> Monsoon washing? I don't know. I was trying to <laughs> what is that? Uh, the last three years, right? Like we've been yeah. a little bit spoiled. Yeah, and- I think that's exactly right. I think I have recency bias on my monsoon expectations for sure. Just in terms of the quality of the monsoon, let's just speak about Tucson for the moment as an analog for the, for the broader region. You know, last year it started early and it was above average the entire time. Two years ago... It chugged along, it started kind of on time-ish, but then it, it went gangbusters, mm-hmm. you know, and 2016, three years ago, kind of started on time. It was above average the entire time. Right. And this is, this is Tucson. This is Tucson. I think, I think in it, it definitely is varied across the region for sure. Thank you, Mike. Um, you're, you're Tucson washing now. Okay. So 2015, it was sort of close to average. 2014, it was, you know, some... Kind of close to average. Yeah. Again, 2013, actually, you have to go back to 2013 before we had in this in Tucson a relatively bad monsoon. And, and it started early then. And 2013 was really only bad for Tucson. Didn't start early. It started on time. Started on time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it was only so, bad for- Yeah. And the rest of the state got pretty much walloped. And most of New Mexico was two times the oh, average. that's right. It's really interesting. We go back through these maps for the last couple of years. There are pockets of locations that are, you know, 150 to 200 to 250 percent of average. I don't know if we're going to have any spots this year that have any local anomalies to that level. And so that then starts to look a little bit more like going back to 2011. So what do you think is the analog year right now? Well, for a location or the region? No, let's do the region. I think it's better to do the region. I mean, for Tucson, we could do Tucson too, but let's do the region. 2011 wasn't great. I think 2011 is a possibility, which gosh, man, if you think back to 2011, 2011 was a drought winter and a drought summer. And so that's a, that's a, a double whammy, which is not, not great 20, at all. 2011 looks very comparable. 2009 was one of the, one of the worst total monsoon seasons we had seen in the last, you know, 10 to 15 years. But 2009 was interesting. And 2009 largely had an on-time start and a decent July. And then it just stopped in August. And this is for uh, Tucson or? Um, You could see it in Tucson. You see it more across 
central and northern Arizona, less so in New Mexico mm. that year. Uh, New Mexico, I think, did, did fared a little bit better. But 2009, I remember, was a, a pretty And this is the one where you said <laughs> it's looking better than this year. Yeah. Before, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, 2009 in Tucson came in at uh, just under three inches of, of rain. So, you know. Just the, just the, the poor timing of this year. So it's, it's not only, you know, there's, there's monsoons like 2009 where the activity can kind of come in in earnest right early and then peter out, which has its own set of implications. So I think in those situations, you can stem fire activity earlier, maybe limit it for the rest of the season. This year was late and then just weak. Yeah. And so, the, I mean, I guess the upside is, is that in those kinds of, I don't know if you want to call it a false start, but sort of a strong start, weak finish is that you can cause a lot of summer vegetation to, to sprout and then die midsummer because it can't sustain. Maybe an upside here is that nothing, <laughs> nothing grew, so <laughs> it couldn't die. That is one die. way of uh, yeah. being optimistic. Yeah, I guess. And it comes <laughs> off of a wet winter. So that's slightly different from a drought situation is, is that there is water available in sort of deeper soil that I think has helped stem some of the sort of shorter term drought packs. So it's drought impacts. So it's not quite like a 2011 situation where try to even think if the drought of 2011, yeah, it was that spring um, that lingered into the summer as well. So that's kind of a, that, that puts you in a real different drought situation spot. Now the other analog, at least for, Tucson is uh, 2004, mm. and 2004 was a year. Kind of remember that. Yeah, uh, it kind of it started late. Like the first real precip event at the airport was July 16th, and it never got going. And you know, it finished with 2.4 inches of rain. So 2004 is one of the analogs that come up for this year. If in in in, in Tucson area, there is one. Uh, big difference, however, and that is this year has been exceptionally hot. Yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't necessarily the case. It was kind of right around average that year for mm. for Tucson, but mm-hmm. we're running uh, max temperatures are kind of off the charts. Yeah, yeah, across the region, which you you would expect in a drier than average monsoon, but not to the degree. I think. Yeah, and I again, I think if if you went back and and did some pretty specific diagnostic diagnostics on these given years, 2005, I bet the circulation pattern was different. And what the mechanism that was driving that sort of drier than average conditions, if you look at 2000, I'm sorry, 2004, 2004 was not terrible across the entire region. I think it was just bad at the airport. Mm -hmm. It was even um, some of the surrounding areas kind of came in at average and most of the Mogollon Rim average to slightly below average. This year, I do think having the Subtropical ridge, the high in particular, the mid-level high overhead, constantly wandering back around is both shutting down the moisture and leading to these just sort of epic uh, surface temperatures. Yeah. So July in this part of the the country, uh, July gets about 11 days. Not, no, sorry. August gets about 11 days over 100 degrees in Tucson. We've had 17 so far. Yeah. And in the entire record... I think in July there was in, – in, in, in Tucson there was 25 days with above 100 degrees, 100 degrees or above. Only one year had, had more than that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, the, the point being that it's been a really hot summer as well, which exacerbates 
the lack of rain in terms of you know, water balance issues. Yeah, it's it's interesting if you if you look at the the Tucson record again, August of 2011. Which man, I, I forgot about how bad that summer how bad that summer was. Was we set numerous daily record highs in August of 2011, which was also one of our our analog years as far as uh, dry conditions. Oof. So a week left in August. We have about a month left of the monsoon. It's the time period where we start to look toward the East Pacific for any moisture that would waft in from remnant storm. Mike, can we turn this uh can we turn this bus around? Turn this frown upside down. <laughs> I I'm trying, Zach. <laughs> Try, trying de- desperately. The outlooks which I've I've been really I've been hanging on the Climate Prediction Center I can't see anything in the three to five day forecast, the one to two or the three to five. So I'm always looking at the <laughs> six to 10 or the eight to 14 to look for any hope. The, eight, the six to 10 and the eight to 14 for the last couple of days have been painted green for the Southwest, for Arizona, New Mexico. Meaning? Pretty regularly that there's an um, there's a shift in the probability towards above average precipitation over that week period we're looking out. So this- Eight, eight to 14? Eight to 14. So this would be August 31st. August 31st through September 6th. And the discussions have been pretty consistent that the expectation is that the specific is coming to life as far as tropical activity. The idea that we're going to have an enhancement of the whole sort of monsoon system up Mexico and then possibly the, the influence of uh, some of these tropical storms impacting the moisture source. And the here. sea surface temperatures there are above average, been above average. So Going into the monsoon season, the outlooks were all so. If we we kind of go back to this, there was in June this lean towards later than average start, and then really a punt on August and September. Not even a punt. I think there was an actual forecast that showed uh, in no showed showed above average precipitation. Right. So when we were in June, we were concerned about. A later than the average start. I wasn't. I was pretty bullish on thinking a climos start, and that was that was clearly wrong. But the outlooks were were really considering August oh, and September and it, to be above average. East, I think it was based yeah. on the East Pacific, and that was activity. in part fueled by what then was considered a weak El Nino, weak El Nino, and we, above average sea surface temps in the East right. Pacific. And the weak El Nino would have its effect on the East Pack tropical storms by reducing she- uh, reducing shear. Yeah, but I think there was actually enhanced shear across the East Pacific. I, I'm not totally sure on what has shut down, but the East Pacific... But in terms of like the El Nino Yeah, like what, what, the, why the, what the reasoning was behind that. And so the National Hurricane... I'm sorry, the Climate Prediction Center and, and both... And Conagua both had above average seasons forecast. This was in late May, so looking forward to the summer. So, you know, that that by itself is a useful bit of information to sort of understand where your monsoon season may go. And the latter half. Later in August and September. It'd be interesting to see how often the monsoon needed a dollop from a tropical storm to actually become an above average. Yeah, I know. And I think there's some really good, interesting research questions that it's maybe in the the literature. I haven't seen the paper. We'll have to do a little bit of digging on this or it just hasn't been done, but is to try to parse out the climatological sources of the moisture and look at them climatologically just to see how important they are. And I, I still go back to, I'm I'm not convinced that we had a good sense 
even in June, how July would turn out, even though it did turn out late and that was what the official forecast was, I, I'm still not sold on the... But I have to go back to this. Yeah. Uh, and we mentioned this before because I really think that it was a late start more by chance than it was by anything else because there was moisture around. Yeah. And I, I do remember Mike Luthold's blog, Arizona Forecast Discussion, where he was mentioning that he just hadn't seen, for the amount of moisture that was around, as little of precipitation squeezed yeah. out of it as <laughs> yeah, possible. No. And like if so, bad, bad luck. If you just had some other mechanisms set up there, the moisture was around, we wouldn't be saying it's a it's an early start or a late start. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's true. So, but then we really wouldn't have had the subsequent activity to lock it in, right? So, would we have called it an early start or an on time start, and then had it go dry? through the end of July. I mean, this is all characterization. Is that is that a late start or is that just a burst break activity in the monsoon? I mean, I think we can do a lot better job of characterizing the monsoon as a whole and activity throughout the monsoon, which we've, we've talked quite a bit about because it is sort of a coherent thing and sort of isn't. It's kind of jello-y once we get into the, the middle of the monsoon season. My, my thing is, is that what were the indications going into the monsoon season because if we see them again is that a good forecast i'm not i'm not sure because, so what were they so well it was really what it was was the just the anomalously late cool season activity we're seeing in may and even into early june but we had kind of wait, gone wait, wait, late cool so so just just remember how cool it was in may yeah that's right we even had precipitation that. and so there's there's old that was right the temp- there's, there's tails, a temperature yeah there's there. there's tails in arizona where people, they have sayings like rain in June, no monsoon. So if you go into the, if you look at some of the long-term records here, the correlations aren't really there. I do think that happens sometimes, but I'm, but the I think- The rain in June yeah, you, is, not the is temperature. correlating, right. Well, I think it all is trying to speak back to the same thing, okay. is that if there's rain in June, and if it's an early June, it's usually going to be sort of late season spring activity. It's not monsoonal at that point. Right. Maybe it is. Um, maybe it's tropical at that point. It's hard. Then you'd have to kind of parse that out of what the mechanism is. But the idea is then if it's raining in June, that you're not going to have a monsoon. So it's somehow pointing backwards to having this lingering trophy sort of springtime pattern that's going to cause the monsoon ridge to have trouble struggling for it. We actually looked at a lot of this, and there's kind of equal instances where that is the case and equal instances where there there isn't. That isn't the case. And in the literature, the, the idea of Western snowpack and monsoon is in some papers, but it's also not. A, it's also contradicted in other papers. It's not a well vetted idea, and it's it's not even really clear in the in so, the literature or in the data. And that's like a, a negative correlation, like high or widespread snowpack that yes. persists into this into the right. spring. Right. The hypothesis was, or some of the early 2000s empirical evidence suggested that that might actually lead to a late monsoon, yeah. and therefore a less vigorous monsoon. Right. So it's going to uh, translate into um, sort of a land surface memory that'll cause suppress the progression of the ridge north. Kind of, it makes sense in some instances, and it, there may certainly be the evidence. It's all over the place on that, though. At the yeah, moment. I think so too, and I also think that is possible and may have happened a couple of times, but it doesn't seem to be a consistent, it doesn't seem to be a consistent signal. It's like not, like the attribution here, I think is, can't use that as sort of pure attribution or even as a solid focus. Okay, so we had a temperature signal. That was a, that, that, that one might have used to, to hedge against a dry, 
dry beginning. Yeah. Oh, but, you're saying because it was cool in May and cool in June that that was suggesting that. Well, I thought that's what you were saying. It, it is. I think yeah. that's the case. But we we have had that before, right. right? We've we've had that. I'm just trying to figure out like we've had that was before and things have turned around. Yeah. I mean, they they got the forecast. Like, yeah. If we, if we if we go back to the yeah. climate prediction centers forecast, yeah. they were calling for sort of a late start and right. and a, a, a weakish beginning. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, that, so they got it right. Yeah, that's the right. And, and is, that was that was on the one month, and it was also on the six to ten and eight to fourteen. Yeah. And your point, I think, is a good one, which is okay. They got the forecast, but did they get the forecast right for the right reason? Right. And I think that at the one month scale, it was probably more climate signals and sort of analogs and sort of sort of. Uh, using that as a potential reason. But once you get in six to 10 and eight to 14, it's gonna be the actual dynamical models. And so the dynamical models at that point were really like, this is really struggling. And they've largely been right as we've kind of gone through the season that they've they've shown this. So more broadly, I was kind of poking around looking for like, okay, what, is there some kind of uh, index that would maybe point to this? There really isn't anything other than the Arctic oscillation is the only thing that's been consistently Negative. So this is where I was going to go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I do remember that the jet was yeah. sort of all over the place. Yep. This yeah, it's spring. been wavy. It's it's strengthened and weakened. It's been further south. But man, this goes all the way back to December. We've seen this signal, and if you look at the correlations between the Arctic Oscillation and geopotential heights across continental U.S., they're fairly well correlated across the. It's really across the northern Great Plains, but it you could see how it would extend into influencing the subtropical ridge down here even. So this isn't a forecasting thing. It's more of like trying to get back to attribution. I don't know what's causing the Arctic oscillation to be negative. Like, I don't know what the the mechanism is. Negative. So effectively, that would mean that the Arctic air can that the winds that are ripping around the Arctic are a little bit slackened and can sort of droop down further yeah, it's, further south. And so you get more of a wavy yeah, yeah. wavy jet stream. Right. It's it's Yeah, you can think of it as sort of the, the ring of the – and again, in the summertime, this isn't really as much of a mechanism or something we see in the summertime. But yeah, so it's it's been negative, relatively speaking, to what it should be in the summertime, which you know signals, I think, back to the progressive jet – what we've been fighting, which is the mid-latitude westerlies, which have been sort of whipping the west coast. But if you had that wavy jet, mm-hmm. it would be fighting against the ridge position. It could. I mean, it could also block. It could get into a blocking position where it enhances the ridge. It could build across the western U.S. and you get yourself in a really good spot. I think I think ideally— But that didn't happen this year. No, it did and not. it can go the other way. Sure, yeah. And I think the fact that it's been kind of moving around has been problematic for us in that ridge. Ideally, I think what you want is you want you want the westerlies to stagnate. You want the western US to basically stagnate and let the the ridge sort of build on its own dynamically across the western US. Keep those and, winds north. Yeah. Yeah, we want to be in the easterlies, right? We want to be on the we want to be on the southern side of that high pressure system. We really haven't been much. We've been in the westerlies. Man, it's looked like it's looked like June or September most of July and August. We need a high pressure generator. This is weather modification. I think this is Google. I'd say you uh, do Google's it. working on it. I, well, I was going to say you could submit a grant to Google <laughs> to see if we could if we could whip that up. We're running long in the in the wind here. But one thing I, I did want to 
get to, which we were sort of floating the trial balloon this year. Uh, on our, on <laughs> our, our fantasy weather? On our fantasy months. Uh, it yeah. was a fantasy. I think that um, was mostly what we... It just needed to rain. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Needed the rain. Um, and so just to... Because I think it's a really good idea. If people that are into fantasy sports, they get to like, you know, pick players and, and how those players perform determines how, how you perform. And like we, you know, we pick stations and, and of course, none of the stations performed this year. So it doesn't really matter. But Mike, so 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 your stations uh, for the last month, July 15th to August 15th, you had Portal in, 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 in Southeast Arizona and then you had Flagstaff and Prescott. Seem like safe picks. Uh, yes. So why would why why did you think they were safe? Because it was August. It was supposed to be raining at upper elevations. I mean, this is nuts. Well, so that's it. it I wanted to bring this up before, but the fact that Flagstaff is so dry. Oh, just miserable. I mean, to me, that's like there's just no moisture up there. Well, I think it also points to the ridge position. <laughs> They've yeah. been in the westerlies most of the summer. I mean, they're like they're so far north. It's been perennial June yeah. in this monsoon season. Yeah, and I had picked for that same reason uh, in June. Between June fifteenth and July fifteenth, I'd pick Kick Peak, and yeah, that, oh, Kick Peak has been epically bad. Yeah, you were you were uh, speculating that somebody we're I'm not sure that broke the rain yeah, gauge. Yeah, I I wonder. I I think Ben said that that maybe the rain gauge is broke. But what's it? What's the deficit right it's, now? Do you it's know? like five inches. It's five inches below average, which it could be some missing data, but it's not good. Yeah. So needless to say, I think I, I think we've already gone over the the the, the pattern in in the West. Uh, southwest here, which is pretty much dry everywhere. In terms of this fon- monsoon fantasy, Mike, uh, w- w- we're basically at a tie for <laughs> for so, being. So we both picked three stations, and the total percent of average was what one forty five for you, and one forty three for me. Yeah. So on average, each station got less than half. That's right, because the total should be three hundred percent. Yeah, three hundred percent if everybody hit their average. That's like right. I, I honestly didn't expect us to have numbers this low. Well, it's also amazing that we're so darn close. I, that's one hundred forty-five percent total. Yeah, I think that's actually within the error margin. So it's. I think we should call it a tie. Okay, so the the monsoon fantasy. <laughs> You're going to go for that. The monsoon fantasy. No, it's not a tie. It's not a statistical <laughs> tie because I want I want the beer. Two percent. Okay, fair enough. Actually, it probably is a statistical. I'm sure tie. it is. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure it is. But I'll give you. I'll buy your beer. Don't worry. Okay, so our last month. A fantasy monsoon. Are we doing it? Yeah, we're doing it. Okay. What's the dates through? Uh, July, August. 16th. Oh. That's already happened. Ooh, I should look at the numbers then. I want something out east. I wish it Who knew Ajo? Ajo is killing it this year. No, let's just do September. We'll do September. Yeah, let's just do all of September. We'll I think that's good. That, that's, uh, that could be interesting. Yeah. All I right. like that. Um, I'm going to go first. Yeah, go for it. I'm going to go Flagstaff. And the reason I'm going Flagstaff, right, I like the it. reason I'm going Flagstaff is I'm just I'm using the regress toward the mean logic. I'm not doing the persistence forecast here, so it's regressing toward the mean, which means it's going to get rain. And I'm going to take that same logic for Phoenix, okay, and particularly because Phoenix can receive sort of in the line of fire of a recurving tropical storm. If oh, we have so you're going okay? I yep. like this. And then I'm going Albuquerque. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I don't know the climatology of Albuquerque for September. <laughs> Okay, tell me tell, tell me why that's a bad bad pick. I don't know. I think it's it's far north. Yep, I'm thinking not. It's gonna get. It could no, get I'm a not. snowstorm. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if that counts. But. I was actually thinking <laughs> it's non monsoon related. It could. Yeah, I'm I trying mean, to go to if areas it, if that aren't frozen. Precip. It does not count. Um, does anybody know quickly? 
if I talk the, slow enough, the, uh, maybe yeah. Ben will provide the statistics. <laughs> what is September's climatology for Albuquerque? 1.08. Interesting. Okay. We're doing percent of average though. So, oh boy, that I'm sticking with it. Interesting. Ben just said in 2013, they got 3.97. So that would be 400% of average. Interesting. That's my okay. 2017, wow. 2.2. Yeah. Yeah, that's, okay. that's not such a bad bet. It's not a bad bet. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to think about. They have actually had. It's been a long time, but they've had recurving tropical storms from the Gulf of Mexico. Boom. It's possible. I think it's not as likely, but sure, I'll give it to you. Okay. Right, now that you've had time to, to actually time look to, at maps and you know what I'm going, I'm going Yuma. That that I thought about Yuma. Yeah. You know what Yuma's last period was? Yuma's last period from July 15th through August 15th was. 5% of average, which I'm not even sure is correct. They had three hundredths of an inch in one storm. But just think about if they get that's a, that's that tropical soaker. storm, that one that comes right up the Gulf, parks over Yuma. That's a soaker. I could get 10,000%. What did they average. get from Odile? I don't think they got anything out of Odile. Actually, that's so, right, because that was too far yeah. south. So I'm going, yeah. I'm going, this is my tropical But there was team. one a couple years ago that hit, hit, that hit Phoenix, if I remember correctly, right? Well, we had moisture- from one of the storms, and this was in August, and that was. Can't anyway, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm taking you off your game. No, here. so it's got it. It's, I agree. I think it's going to be low elevation. It's my tropical team. I'm going to do Yuma. Ooh, tropical um, team. Tropical team. I'm going to do Portal. You did Portal last time, but you can yeah. do it again. Well, I'm just thinking of an Odile slam dunker. Well, so you're all going south. I went. This is it. The shot is it's, it's going to be tropical. And this is actually, unfortunately, Predicated on it being an actual recurving storm, <laughs> which, Boy, those which are is, low odds, that's man. an outsider right there. Those are low odds. Um, all right. Maybe a safer high elevation location. It's going to be in the White Mountains. I'm going to do Sholo. Sholo. Yep. I like Sholo. Yep. All right. Whew. I feel better talking it out. Uh, that's the monsoon deconstruction. And, uh, you know, hopefully... We'll have a lot to talk about in a month about the monsoon, and if not, we'll just we'll just move right along. <laughs> <laughs> talk about what? Talk about talk about the and so uh, neutral El Nino coming up. Yeah, Maybe we'll just be, talk about Christmas. Well, thanks Something so much like for for your time as always. It's fun, Zach, and go tropical storms. Tropical team. Tropical team. You ready to rock? Maybe. Maybe, maybe. Freaking out, man. I'm freaking out. Okay. There's way too many open tabs. Too many, way too many open tabs here. This is not a good sign.